just waiting for everybody in their car to scream it <laughs> right along with the bumper. I, I, that, that's what I figured was oh, going to happen. I love that tune. Man. Colorado Eagles used that as a goal, post-goal scoring song. Right on. Right on. The best minute and 59, uh, 59 second song I know. <laughs> <laughs> Troy Coverdale, Dave G., A.J. Shaw back with you. Mitch Fortner is headed over to Manhattan High to call high school hoops tonight. One of the news items that we did not touch on in hour one, but it's a big one in that the college football playoff finally has settled its 5 plus 7 model, as it is being called. One of the key hang-ups to this has been, of course, what the Pac-12, <clears throat> Pac-2, is <laughs> going to be dealing with, but... One of the other items, and it comes down to a very interesting point to remember. The top four teams will be from the four conferences, Mm -hmm. specifically. The power four will be seated one through four. Everybody else will be seated accordingly from there. Hello, Notre Dame. Oh, boy. Hmm. Their athletic director did have to sign off on this, or their president, excuse me, Reverend John Jenkins, did have to sign off on this. But you know, and and I say this as someone who has an affinity for Notre Dame. Yes, I happen to be one of those unusual people who do in (laughs) around K-State, apparently. Rudy. It has been that way, you know, ever since I can remember. Listen, it absolutely floored my dad to take my grandmother, my grandparents on mom's side of the family, back to Ohio for a family event. One of my grandmother's sisters celebrating an anniversary of note. And the processional out of the church was the Notre Dame Victory March. (laughs) Okay, there's some heritage there. You know, I understand this. (laughs) And I also know that most K-State fans discussed with Notre Dame has more to do with Lou Holtz than anything. (laughs) And I can't argue that point one bit because Lou Holtz isn't exactly one of my favorite guys either. But... I do find it interesting that after all of the negotiating is over and we have the format now, Notre Dame is going to be looking essentially on the outside looking in like the rest of the group of six, five, however you want to term it. And that it is the four conference champions, the four big five, power five, power four, power, okay. I mean, yes. We're down to that now. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is the Power Four champions that will be seeded one through four. Interesting twist. That is. I mean, you know, considering that, I, I mean, I'm surprised that the SEC and the Big Ten were both like, sure, that sounds good. Uh, because they have arguments that, you know, they're second or third best teams, they'll, they'll always go to the mat saying they're better than the best Big 12 team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will say that every year. 
And so I guess this kind of puts it to bed where you can't make that argument anymore because you signed off on it. You said it was, okay, let's go. And I guess in true tournament fashion, you just have to put your money where your mouth is and your team will just have to, they'll just have to win it out. And immediately someone brought up, well, this means that if Notre Dame is ranked number one, and I'm thinking to myself, Notre Dame isn't going to be ranked number one. <laughs> Let, let's get this through your heads at this point. Notre Dame is not going to be ranked number one anytime in the near future. Right. They are not nearly what they've been in the past. Mm-hmm. We continue to have this blue blood image of them and USC as being these power brands. And yes, they are still major brands, but they aren't what, no, they, they, they're, they're not even close. Right. Do you think this at all, at all foreshadows any movement by them to accepting uh, um, an invitation to join a conference? Here's the flaw with it. The only way that the Big Ten makes another move at any point in the near future, as much as Florida State wants to go Big Ten, the only way the the uh, the Big Ten is making a move in the immediate future is for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. That is the only way. Ironically, it comes as Michigan has its own issues with the Big Ten, They've been the number one reason why Notre Dame hasn't been able to get into the Big Ten in the past. It's an interesting fight if you look at the all-time history of the conference. Knowing that there was a point where Michigan essentially got themselves kicked out of the Big Ten and reinstated into the Big Ten and could get themselves kicked out of the Big Ten again if it wasn't about money. They have run the block against Notre Dame at every point possible. Wow. And so it makes it very interesting to know that that could be put aside if the situation is right. The money's right. If the cash Okay, is there right. is that. If the cash is right. The ACC would absolutely love to have them. Mhm. That isn't happening with the current case. And the upheaval that is currently underway in the ACC. That's what I, I've thought, you know, the ACC desperately needs a Brett Yormark. They need somebody to come in and make a move like that to negotiate, to go to the table with the Notre Dame and say, let's go. Join us. It'll, it will, if, if they join the ACC, I think the rest of those schools stick around. I mean, obviously. Um, and it puts Notre Dame in a pretty good spot as far as getting that one of those top four spots. I mean, the ACC, you can win that. Here's the flaw with it. Notre Dame would have to give up the NBC contract. And there's the sticking point. It's it's like... And the ACC can't match it. Right. It's like back in the day, the Big 12 allowed Texas to have the Longhorn Network. Stupid move. It's like these guys, these people, the people that are in charge, I always give them the benefit of the doubt that they're smarter than that. They would make, you know, they don't make the same mistake twice. But I'm thinking 
in the desperation of the rest of the ACC, I think Notre Dame could come out of there and keep that contract. If the ACC was like, keep whatever you got, keep doing what you're doing, just join us. I think they could do that. I, I think if that deal was out there, they could make it happen. The flaw with that is, is NBC going to be okay with that? Right. And how are you going to work that with specific ACC games? The current structure is that if it is not a home game, a Notre Dame home game, if it's an away game, it's the other school's game is essentially the way that that works. That's how you will get a Notre Dame game on ABC or ESPN or even, God forbid, CBS. (laughs) Or Or CW. CW. (laughs) Things that will never happen, Alex. Notre Dame. On the CW, sacrilege. Never, never going to happen. But I think it's still an interesting conversation to have that what would the ACC right now, because it don't look good. I don't care what contract they signed to stay in their deal till 2030, whatever. It does not look good right now for them. It really doesn't. And I know they're kind of standing pat. Right now, but I think they should be proactive and try to swing a deal with somebody. Something's got to got to move here. Um, I think it would be interesting to see. I know that Notre Dame. I know that none of these none of this stuff matters. But I mean, how long they've been in the ACC, right? Basketball wise, mm-hmm. for a, for at least ten years. Right? Oh yeah, it's been longer years. than that. Yeah, because they were a Big East school. And the Big East goes away, basically. And now they've been in the ACC for a number of years. I mean, does that – do you have some strong relationships there where you could – the strong relationships with those bigger schools that might try to leave? If you could convince them, let's go to bat with – you know, let, let's go talk to Notre Dame. It'd be interesting. I've just I know that there's the geographical fit, but I just don't think of Notre Dame as a Big Ten school. I don't know why. I just they're an independent, and they're, they're an independent forever, and it just I don't know why it doesn't doesn't fit for me. They're closer to Chicago than Illinois is. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just noting yeah. that in terms of mileage. Yeah, yeah. They they. Champagne, clo- yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. closer to Chicago than Purdue is. Right. They're in the heart of Big Ten country. I just have never thought that's – they belong. I just – I don't know. I don't know why. It's how the rivalry with Michigan came about, honestly, because they were right there. Mm-hmm. And that's why all of the discussion in the past has been, well, if they go, it's going to be Big Ten. Right. And now, given – what the pecking order is turning into, it also makes the most sense. The Chicago in here has the microphone in front of him. It does make the most sense, but the the irony is we never viewed Notre Dame back where I'm from. We've never viewed Notre Dame as a Big Ten school. Never. No. And it it makes the most sense geographically, and we have to, as fans, we have to stop thinking like that. Yeah. Washington and yeah, Oregon just yeah. joined the big. Th- you know, and Notre Dame, out of all the schools who care about flights and cost of sending their baseball team mm-hmm. to wherever, they're like, we don't care. We we could we could join 
the Mountain West and be just fine. We're printing money over here, man. We don't care. We go to Hawaii twice a week if we had to. Wouldn't matter to us. It's just the Big Ten. You're right. It's always it's always made for the majority of people. It's always made the most sense. But I'm glad that the Big Ten people feel the same. I just I just don't see them in the Big Big Ten. Well, it's funny because I grew up in a household with a parent that went to Purdue an uncle who actually played football at Purdue, and an aunt that went to Purdue, and a cousin that went to Indiana. And we were taught from a young age that we hate Notre Dame. <laughs> and the reason why we hate Notre Dame is because of their elitism and they don't want to be in the Big Ten. Mm. And when they when they win bowl games, they get to keep the money. Mm. The Big Ten doesn't get any of that money. Right. And that was what I was told when I was told, we don't like Notre Dame in this household, Mr. Shaw. <laughs> okay. And Deal. I said, all right. Deal. So I rooted for Alabama in that national championship. The only time I'll ever root for Nick's, a Nick Saban team. Well, now I can't really have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> now you know how I felt about Notre Dame when Lou Holtz was coaching, too. You know, I, I mean, yeah, I had to put a lot of uh, – that, that was a tough call. Mm. That was a tough call. Mm. I, I'm still trying to understand my grandmother's affinity for the Yankees back then, but that's another <laughs> – that, that, that was a different era. That's what I'll just keep telling myself. Yankees and Notre Dame. Uh, so, yeah, well – On and, the radio. That's, but, I mean, but that's, you know, yeah, that's that how Mutual it. made their money for years. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal. It's the 5 plus 7 format, officially approved today via vote on a video conference. The management committee is now headed for Dallas this week, and they will be meeting to iron out the further details. One of the kinks that still is looming in front of them is the fact that they may eliminate any of the conference ties to the New Year's Six Bowls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because those are all automatically becoming a part of the playoff puzzle. Saw that one coming. Saw that one coming a long way. I mean, nothing sacred. Nothing is sacred in college football anymore. It doesn't matter. Cut it all down. Burn it. I do really think, though, uh, honestly, if Notre Dame, let's just play the scenario that they were number one in the country. They finished the season, the regular season, number one. And we're going to the seeding. Do they go five? Are they number five? Are they that would number- be, yes, that would be oh where they were God. placed. Oh my God! That's good. They would. They would. There would be senators on Capitol Hill. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They well, would look, have. You had to oh. see what they were doing with Florida when Florida State got left out. Hey, listen. Given the number of Catholics that are currently serving on SCOTUS, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> ooh, they'd be ch- the gavel. They would break the gavel. Order in the court. How could you? Notre Dame number one in the five seed? No way. The, the crystal ball would explode. There's no way. Uh, it had to be said. Oh, this is the first time I've seen this uh, footage from yesterday. Same here. I'm, I'm glued to the TV. The, uh, the brawl, I'm watching it too. Yeah, wow. Uh, this is great. Uh, Tamu Commerce and... Incarnate Word. Yep. And Incarnate Word's gym is a glorified high school gym. Yeah. Yep. Looking at it, definitely. Um, and they got into a brawl in the handshake line yesterday. <laughs> Incarnate and Word. And that was a brawl. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Now, do we know what caused it yet? I didn't see what caused it. 
I don't know, but there's an in- incarnate word player I saw that is swinging at everything that he could swing at when he came into the middle of that melee. He's going to have extra Bible study tomorrow. <laughs> My goodness. He's going to have a couple Hail Marys. So the conference has some issues to deal with there. They're in the Southland. Ooh, just to say, there's a, that's not you know KUK State with the chair a few years ago. No, no. Nowhere near that. Man. Uh, Bringing yeah. back memories. Bad memories. Bad memories, Bad exactly. Memories. All right. We'll step aside. Back with more on the game in a moment. Heading for that Manhattan High broadcast here in a bit. Uh, Mitch letting us know that uh, there's a short time before the end of that JV's game. So it might be a, you know, a little bit earlier start. We shall see here how things time out. What'd they do? Running the clocks or something? What's that does on? happen, yes. Come on! Don't they know we're on the air right now and we got stuff to talk about? That's a valid point. Yeah. You want to talk about the NBA beefing today? Let's talk. I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. You, you saw this, didn't you, AJ? I did see this. J.J. Redick... Oh, God. <sighs> On first take. Oh, J.J. Reddick, Grayson Allen, and uh, they walk into a bar. What do you do? Christian Leitner? Yeah, Christian Leitner. Uh, punch them all in the face and get out of there as quickly as possible before the cops show up. Sorry. Yeah, listen, you're not going to get uh, Christian Leitner punched <laughs> yeah, in the that's face. That's true. Yeah, Leitner might punch me in the face he's before big, I get him. He's a big man. He is a very big man. <laughs> So, Reddick on first take this morning on ESPN. <laughs> he and Stephen A. took shots at Doc Rivers. Because Doc has made some comments regarding how the Bucks are playing and why he was the replacement. Why a first-year coach, Kansas native, got fired, by the way, in terms of Adrian Griffin. Speaking of uh, uh, Kansas getting fired... Jacques Vaughn got fired, yeah, too, I saw. I saw that. That guy is the, the boogeyman back in the day. Oh, my God. So, Reddick calls out Doc Rivers. Quote, I've seen the trend for years. The trend is always making excuses, Doc. We get it. Taking over a team in the middle of a season is hard, but it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. There's never accountability with that guy. End quote. Ooh. Here's where things got fun. Austin Rivers appeared on the NBA Today a little later. (laughs) I just saw his interview on SportsCenter. I don't know if that was related to it, but I just saw it on there. And smoked Redick. Smoked him. Considering he's the guy who is always fired when things don't go right. Dot, dot, dot. He always seems to be the one held responsible. He got fired in the bubble for a 3-1 lead versus the Nuggets when half his team didn't want to be there. Then he gets fired for losing to a team favored over him, the Celtics, last year. But here's the uh, ultimate. Now, bear in mind, the two of them played together on the Clippers under Doc. It's strange coming from J.J., and I have love for J.J. You're my bro. I love you. It's just your best years were with the Clippers. With Doc. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's frustration there or if there's tension there between you. I know a lot of times we had to sit you toward the end of a game due to defensive reasons. Our whole system was drafted around you because you're a shooter. You're not a guy that can put the ball on the floor. 
it's very ironic and kind of weird you have this energy towards him, end quote. Oh, boy. Smoked him. <laughs> Smoked him. Oof. I'm going to say this right up front. Doc getting that job at midseason does look very odd. The entire thing is odd. But this is a franchise that a year ago, I mean, that in the offseason got rid of Nick Nurse. Sorry, that's incorrect. Budenholz. They got rid of Mike Budenholz. After having won a title under him. Mm -hmm. And then falling to the Celtics in the playoffs last year. I get that there were issues, but now they have fallen eight games back of the Celtics. Right. And they felt they had to get in front of this with the Adrian Griffin thing. They like they felt like he wasn't the right pick. Let's remember that even before Griffin had coached a game, he already had lost one of his assistants mm-hmm. because Terry Stott didn't like something that happened in a practice. And this was even before training camp truly got going. Didn't like something and left. Well, one of the reasons Stott was on your staff was because of who your star guard is, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. So there was something there with Adrian Griffin that just didn't pan out. But it sure looked like Doc was angling for a job rather than being content to be on ESPN's number one broadcast team. No, he doesn't want to do that. And he knows, you know, the 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 chance to coach the Greek freak too much. Good. Too it's a good much, point. Yeah. You know? Well, and be back home, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, mm-hmm. where he played at Marquette. Mm-hmm. I'm just so I'm so surprised. You know, the the ML, not the MLB, but the NBA and hockey, they go through coaches like it. Oh, doesn't, it's, a, it's it, crazy, it, isn't it's it? Nuts, man. They fire a guy thirty games into the season. Like, yeah, it's not going to work out. <laughs> Twelve games, and you're starting to see it too in football. I mean, how many coaches got fired in season this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, four or five at least. Mm-hmm. And they are not afraid to pull the trigger after a season. They're like, no, nope, yep, not going to work. Used to not be that way. No. Listen, if you've saddled yourselves with the Jake McDum, <laughs> you know, you know that you're going to have to make that firing part way through the season, your second season, in all likelihood. <laughs> I mean, lesson learned right there for everybody. I'm just floored about the fact that, as someone put it, it's clipper on clipper crime (laughs) going on here in terms of over a guy right now who is being panned by a certain segment of the NBA fan base because of how he's handling this entirety with the Bucks. You just think JJ like who whose relationship, what relationship did come out positive for him, as far as outside of the NBA? You know, like he he won't he'll take a shot at everybody. Coach K is probably the only the only person. one he won't. Right. Yeah, he'll trash everybody. It's crazy. Yeah. And yet ESPN wants to put him now on the number one broadcast team. I Woo! bet they do. I bet they do. <laughs> <laughs> 
AJ's yep. eyes just went wide. Yep. <laughs> and you know what's it's funny? Like a guy like Man, it's JJ, like putting Howard Cosell on. Come on. It's just like the thing they do though is they get you if you're if you're if you're newer and you're hot and people talk about you and you say stuff, you get on until you get too expensive and then they cut you. Yeah, well, there is that. You know, and the next time it'll be some other random NBA player that has a podcast that they go, you know what? I think I like that guy. I mean, it's almost going to make Mark Jackson look good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I will say, like, hindsight being 2020. When the Warriors let him go, he said, before the dynasty, he said, this is the best backcourt in, in, in the NBA, and it could be in the, be- the best ever. And everyone laughed at him. Everyone mm-hmm. thought he mm-hmm. was such an idiot. And then they went on that run, which they're still technically in, but it's towards the end now. But, yeah, I, I mean, he was right about that. That's he, for sure. He was right. His coaching just rubbed. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to the point, by the way, you know, speaking of rubbing people wrong, I mean, he was supposed to be working with Mike Breen on Nick's broadcast this year. Man. And that got shot down. Yep. (laughs) I actually, I just remembered that. I'd seen that a couple months ago and then didn't even pay any attention to it. Yeah. Someone in the front office did not like the idea. Mama, there goes that man Mm -hmm. out the door. We're not going (laughs) to, we're not going to hire him. It it really (laughs) is amazing. How, you know, some of those guys, and they think that they have to be, I would like to, to to hear them, I would like to hear Mark Jackson's thoughts on what the All-Star game looked like the oh other night, actually. Oh, God. <laughs> I actually would like to hear that as well. Just because, you know, the, the, sm- the smell of toast strikes me <laughs> right now. Uh, <laughs> we already know, I, I don't know if you saw the tweet from David Aldridge, but he went, Oh, he was, man, yeah. Man. There's no one in the media that has that has uh, praised how that played out. No, I did love Adam Silver's just utter deadpan. It was so dead on. It was beautiful. What did he say? I, I didn't. Oh, hear. Uh, to the Eastern Conference, <laughs> you scored the most points. Congratulations. <laughs> just deadpan. <laughs> I'm out of here. Kind of, you hear this awkward laugh from the crowd, <laughs> you know, because they recognize, yeah, he wants there to be defense played in that game. Everybody does. Just a little bit. Someone had great footage that they shared yesterday on on the artist formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> Barkley... Uh, posting up against Pippen, and the fact that you know they're, they're literally <laughs> their 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 arms are interlocking. I mean, it was a regular game uh-huh. post up. Uh huh. Those say what you will about those terrible jerseys from back in the early nineties, but oh. those guys played. They they played. It was a matter of pride, and somehow yep. we've got to get these guys. To take a little pride in it and want to beat somebody else, you know. Brandon and I talked about this yesterday morning because, yeah, none of the all-star games really have any luster anymore. No. no. Because there is no competition to it. They tried it with baseball and people hated the the method. Well, you can't have it end in a tie. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yes, yes. You cannot have it end in a tie. Correct. 
you know, to to say it counts and then have it end in a tie. Yep. Uh, one of a multitude of things that Bud Selig mismanaged. Mm-hmm. Brother. <laughs> Don't get me started on that topic. <laughs> and the fact remains that in many ways, free agency has altered that. And also, money has altered that. Yeah. Yeah. Free agency has altered it because you don't have those rivalries built in anymore between the AL and NL, mm-hmm. as an example. Mm-hmm. I brought this up in the conversation yesterday. You know, when it was at its peak, when it was Pete Rose running over Ray Fossey at home plate. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, not so much for Ray Fossey. <laughs> <laughs> and it is career, pretty much. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But the reason that was that way, those were guys that had been in their leagues for a number of years. Right. And you didn't have a lot of fraternalization going on between teams from the National League and, and the American League. Right. You didn't have interleague play. As one point. Right. You didn't see those guys but twice a year, if you were lucky. All-Star Game, World Series. Right. That and was it. That is a – that's a – created that natural rivalry. And we got to get that back. I, there's too many interleague games, I think. I mean, when it first came out, there was just a few, and I liked that. I thought that was cool. But now it's half the season's interleague. It's weird. It's essentially saying that it's just one league anymore. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and split into the American and the National Conference. Mm-hmm. The NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then let's look at that game. What's the number one reason why they've gone the way they have? Well, over the last X number of years, the only guy who was who even played like it was a real game and you're going back better than a decade now, was Sean Taylor. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Oof. Just, you know. Just dropping it, yeah. the hammer. Yeah. Oof. I just, I was reading that earlier today because somebody on Twitter was talking about how Ronnie Lott would, you know, he'd kill anybody. Well, Sean Taylor literally laid out a, pro, a punter in the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yes. In a game that meant nothing. Yes. But because everybody criticized and was on his backside about it, how dare you play like that because you're going to injure someone. We've gotten to a point where the All-Star games just do they do we really need them? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Second worst, by the way. Second worst TV rating for an NBA All-Star game ever. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, I still enjoy the MLB All-Star game even though it doesn't mean anything. I enjoy watching it. I probably enjoy the Home Run Derby more, though, which I would argue saved it from really uh, being what it ended up. I mean, let me rephrase that. The Home Run Derby, I feel like, has saved All-Star Week for baseball with how boring it was to many people. But even there, you had to get past the argument from many of the players that they didn't want to participate in it because it was going to screw up their swing. Man, yep. Bobby Abreu, great example of that. The excuse now is the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look at it on the NBA side, the MLB, I'm always, I always think I'm going to really like the All Star Game, and then I start watching, I'm like, this is dumb. And then the all, the home run derby, 
That thing is six hours long, man. I'm it's different over though, it. Now. I am done with it. Because they do the four-minute rounds now, but I understand your point. It's just like, dude, uh, when I was a kid, I loved it. And when I was a kid, I loved the All-Star Games. I did. But as an adult, you just year after year, you're like, this is pointless and really dumb. The NFL, I get it. They don't want people getting hurt. I don't know if you remember that. It wasn't even during the game. Mm-hmm. It was Robert, uh, the running back, Robert Edwards for the Patriots. Yeah, he got hurt to flag football, right? Flag football. Yeah. Tore his beach. knee out, gone, you know, mm-hmm. career over. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. You don't want to get your guys hurt. They've got to find something. With the NBA, I I think they should do like, they should do a three-on-three. A tournament, a three-on-three tournament, half-court the guys should be able to pick their their teammates. Essentially, essentially what the NHL has done. Absolutely, yep. and say let's let's do that and let's go fast, 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 fast. Mm-hmm. Make it as fast as possible, and then maybe put up a bunch of money for it or something. I don't know, but get these guys to care about it. The slam dunk contest is a, is a hollowed hollowed out shell of what it used to be. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you have guys that have played four NBA games, and this isn't a dig at Mac <laughs> yeah. Mac McClung. He's the he's the goat. But when you have a guy that most people have never even heard of winning mm-hmm. it, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, this isn't Jordan Dominique level type oh, slam dunk contest no, anymore. Not even close. Not even close. No. And it did not help, by the way, to have the three point competition turn into an argument between Kenny Smith and Mr. Pacer. I didn't see this. Oh, yeah, because they were arguing over Caitlin Clark. <laughs> She's catching strays during during the All-Star game. Every uh, man who is fearful of a woman's role in the game seems to be coming out of the woodwork on broadcasts of late. And whether or not she could do good during a three-point contest? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like uh, I think it's uh, pretty much I I, I don't know. Common. Well, it's it's the is she the greatest argument? Oh, and the fly is is that when you get into the argument, you're more apt to usually say something that comes off as very sexist. Sure. Um, I you know speaking of the three point I mean, contest, that Larry Bird story about the original, the original first ever three point contest. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of attitude we need. We need somebody to walk in and go, who's getting, who's taking second place? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, these guys were maniacs about competition. And it didn't matter if it was a three-point contest or if it was checkers. They were going to demolish you. And for whatever reason, there is a generational thing about that's just not the way it is now. No. You no. know, that's just really – they're not out for blood. And, you know, whatever to each of their own. But We're all friends. Yeah. Free agency has played a role in that. Mm-hmm. Money has played a role in that. Mm-hmm. Golfing has played a role. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you see any of them laying down the same money that, that uh, Jordan used to lay down no. while golfing? No. Poor, poor Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> I can't swing for one thing and now. <laughs> You want to bet? <laughs> All right. We're going to need to get it to Mitch for uh, coverage of high school basketball here. No? Keep it going for a minute. Okay. All right. Right on. Yeah. So here's the thing about Kenny Smith, though, making his comment. 
of all people to do that to 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 make a comment regarding uh, a, a female basketball player. You knew Reggie was going to take up for the for the woman, given that Cheryl was a better basketball player than Reggie was. Yeah, and he'll admit it. Right. I loved that Miller time. Uh, the the Reggie Miller thirty for thirty. Yes. When Love she, that documentary. Man, when she said we'd be playing one on one, and I'd send him back and go, "Nah." She said, "No." Only big girls played down here. <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved when she would say, you know, you know, I'm better than Reggie. I'm faster than him. I'm stronger than yeah. him. It's like, and she meant it. And I loved that. Listen, I loved it. Listen, she could hoop. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I've always said too, if you score a hundred points in a game, I don't care if it's Manhattan Parks and Rec League. If you put a hundred in the bucket. You're you are a good basketball. You are a fantastic basketball player. Once in a generation, I, you couldn't do it. Like I said, in the rec league right now, no, there's nobody that could go down there and score 100 points in one game. It just won't happen. But she did it at a high level, and also basketball Hall of Famer as well. She could play. The by the way, the next point mark that is looming for Caitlin Clark to reach happens to be from a player from down the road, Lynette Woodward. Really? Because she had the AIAW record. And she's going to break that. And could very well break that. Very nice. And contrary to Cheryl Swoop's thoughts, you know, she can do it in four years. (laughs) Swoop's thought it was five. Wow. That Clark had been there. And putting up 40 shots a game. No. (laughs) You guys want to do an Ask Us Everything? We got time. Yeah. Okay. Fire away. Hey, here's the deal. I want to know what movie can you just not get through, no matter how many times you see it or try to. Um, Lord of the Rings, man. I just, God, I just, it's too long. I don't know what I'm doing. I like it. Avatar. Another beast uh, of a movie. You guys are gonna hate me for this, but Groundhog Day. I mean, I and I love, I love, I love the parts that I watch of it, but it's just too long for me, man. Saw. Groundhog Day. Yeah. I it, said you were gonna hate me. Yeah, dude. Mm, AJ, Groundhog Day too long. For me, yeah, it was kind of too long. Oh. I, I mean, I, and I don't dislike the movie. I like sure, it. Just too sure. long for me. Oh, my God. Still amazing that that movie all but cost Bill Murray and Harold Ramis their friendship. That movie of all movies. Oh, yeah, because they were they just did not get along. No. Oh, my God. Nope. Um, what about what are you guys on for pet names for a loved one? Are you like a baby doll, honey baby, honey buns, honey bear, honey baby buns? Do you like that, or are you like couldn't be me? Um, no, we've got a couple of nicknames. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Well, you know, Monica has been a collector of panda stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a given mm-hmm. where it's not just me. It's just a, a family thing. Oh, that's nice. That's really so, sweet. That's yeah. Nice. And when we first started dating, then Disney nicknames were kind of the thing for uh, the significant others. Uh-huh. 
And so, uh, yeah, I somehow wound up being Tigger. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you don't have to say it. I'm glad you I, did. I, I'll be polite. And <laughs> the the ultimate was the t-shirt someone had printed up that was the usual Tigger pouncing poo, just that poo was a panda in this oh one. Oh yeah. my mm-hmm. God, you got the shirts and everything. Yes, well that yeah, that was a, a good joke gift to Guilty her. Guilty as point. Yeah. charged, yeah. Troy Coverdale. That's beautiful. Hey, Jay, do you like uh, b- baby names and stuff? Or Oh, he's aimless. He, no, he's taking care of business. I am guilty as charged as well. My wife eats it up. Honey, baby, 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 honey buns. Well, given your household right now, Dude, there's right so now, much baby talk anyway. Whoo, can't get away from it. <laughs> Cannot get away from it. And I'm lucky they're eating it up, so we'll just keep going. You know, whatever works. <laughs> That's right. I got no shame in my game. I'm a dad, dude. I I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we got time, I think, for another, don't we? Yeah, we'll throw in one more. Why not? Um, <laughs> this Uh-oh. one might be too personal. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. What did you read in the bathroom before smartphones? I always had a Sports Illustrated or ESP in the magazine back when that yeah. was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you ever do the soap bottle? The head and shoulders soap No. <laughs> I always thought, man, you didn't have a magazine subscription? I Come happen on. to have a very small you know, book that currently resides in the bathroom that is the uh, bathroom reader on baseball. Oh, nice. It's always so, good to yes. have some like very know, handy baseball trivia for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yes, exactly. You know what? You know, you come out and you say, "You know what I learned today?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Better better that than something like the rule book. You know, <laughs> you know what I learned today? <laughs> that is good. Uh, but yes, uh, Sports Illustrated, and yeah, the, that yeah. I saw the other day. You know, when they were um, there, you know, they're done now. Sports Illustrated. Unreal. Is, is there a cover that stays iconic to you that you when you think about like Sports Illustrated covers? You oh think gosh, of? covers. I could do a whole list. Yeah. I think the ultimate still remains though the April first edition that they did with George Plimpton talking about the pitcher for the Mets. That's right. That's right. That was good. Oh, it was so great. <laughs> so stinking great. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that, one of the all-time April Fool's gags. <laughs> On that, we are out. Mitch Fortner has high school basketball coverage for you next as the Indians take on Hayden tonight. Back at it tomorrow with the game at 4.